Awesome, awesome. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am Pastor Erica. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church, and it is such a gift to be with you all this morning. It's 1027. This is the latest I have ever started preaching before, so um, y'all buckle up. It might be a long morning. Um, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, probably not, actually. It's all right. <laughs> it's, it's all right. We're, we, we're going to be here a while today, um, but I'm so excited to see all of you here this morning. This Christmas season, as we march towards Christmas, as we practice waiting um, and and, and paying attention to the hope and the peace and the joy that Christ brings into our lives, not just in this season, but all year long. We've been paying attention to the lesser known characters in the Christmas story, the ones you don't see in the manger scenes as you ride around town, but who played an integral and important role in Jesus coming in to the world. And the reason we've paid attention to this this year is because some of you feel like God is asking you to do something, but you're not on center stage. And I just want you to know that's okay. The work that you are doing in your job, the work you are doing as a parent, the work that you are doing as a friend, the work that you are doing as a volunteer in our community, the work you do as a girlfriend or a boyfriend, the work you are doing in the waiting is important, and God has a purpose for you. And I need to tell you there are other people waiting desperately. They are waiting desperately for something to feel the longing in their lives. And God uses people just like you to help them discover their purpose. This morning, I want us to pay attention to the purpose God is calling each of us to. And I want us to really think about how God is asking us to help others discover their purpose too. How is God asking you to be a vessel for God's work in the world today. On December 1st, 1990, my husband was five years old. Chris. Um, actually, he was, yeah, he was five. He was still five. He was five years old. Um, a few days prior to December 1st, 1990, my father-in-law, David Allen, got, call, uh, got a call. He served in the reserves at the time, and he got a call from the United States government that his unit had been called up to serve. There were rumblings of, of things happening, and so he wasn't really sure what was going to happen. He got the call over Thanksgiving break. He was in Louisiana with um, Chris's great-grandmother's family. He was, um, you know, celebrating Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving there. He, he got a call from Tampa that says, hey, they, these people are trying to get in touch with you. He kind of knew what that meant, that he was probably going to get called up. He got orders officially on November 27th, 1990, and he left Tampa, Florida, on December 1st, 1990. Prior to that phone call, they had, a, they had plans for Chris to celebrate his sixth birthday. They had plans for a quiet, wonderful Christmas celebration with friends and family. And quickly and abruptly, all of those things changed as Chris's dad stepped into uncertainty. Chris remembers those days. We, we often talk about it this time of year because it's about the time that his dad left. We talk about how Chris didn't really know what was going to happen. Chris's mom and dad didn't know what was going to happen. In fact, he went to New Jersey, and that's when he found out he was actually going to um, be going to serve overseas. Things were really uncertain in those days. I have a picture here of, um, this is them on Christmas Day. Chris is right there. He's the little guy um, in that picture. The picture before that was, that's them waiting at the airport for um, David's about to leave. 
and you see Chris's face there again. And then that next picture, do y'all see Chris's face there? I've seen that face a couple times in my life. That face that doesn't know exactly what's coming next and is a little bit scared but doesn't dare want to tell the world that. I've seen that face. And as I looked at the pictures this year, I, I realized something that I know what that face looks like because I've been seeing that similar face on the faces of so many of you as you wait in uncertainty for what it is that's about to come when the only thing present is hope. If you'll go to that next picture, when the only thing you have to represent something that's absent and empty in your life might be a yellow ribbon on an oak tree, you know what that feels like. I've asked Chris about this before, and he says he remembers those days, but he says what he really remembers is when his dad came back from serving in Desert Storm. He remembers the joy that he felt. I think I have a picture of him um, coming back after... Yes, yeah, so this is the anticipation. Can y'all feel the energy in this, waiting for those guys to get off of the plane and come and meet their family? Can you see it? Those red and white balloons. Sure, there's helium in them, but there's an energy, an anticipation, an expectation in that room, ready to see the people that they had not seen in six or seven months. Look at that face. That is a face of joy. I've seen that face. I've seen that face when I, when I told him, hey, Chris, I think our kids are, like, coming into the world. I saw that face. I saw that face on the day we launched Horizon Church. And when he hoped for, for what, what this church would be and what it would become, and he began to see it come alive, I saw his face look like that that day. I've seen his face look like that when we looked into the face of our children, expecting and knowing that they were here with us and everything was going to be okay. This is at the parade where, his, where the um, folks came down MacDill Avenue. This is at his grandmother's house. Look at that joy, right? Do you all know this joy when something that was absent and empty in your life was suddenly filled, when a longing in your life was filled with joy and goodness? Is this what your face looked like? I asked some of you all to send me some pictures um, because... The word deployment in Tampa, Florida, when we have MacDill Air Force Base right down here, the word deployment is as familiar as flooded streets in an August thunderstorm here in Tampa, right? We know this. There are people sitting in these seats who know what it's like to serve in a deployment. There are people in these seats who know the anxiety and the chaos and the confusion that the absence of a person that they love not being there. They know what emptiness feels like. They know what, it, what it's like to create survival modes. All I have to do this morning is brush my teeth and put on my clothes. All I have to do is wait for that church service on Sunday where my kids can go to Horizon Kids and I can sit in these seats and be filled up. Some of you know what that looks like. And in fact, I asked some folks in our church to share with me pictures. The little girl in this front, um, this was the first child that we ever baptized here at Horizon Church. This is her family waiting for her dad, Tyler, to get home after serving for a year in the Middle East. And this is the joy of their daddy coming home after being gone for a year. Look at that joy. Something filled the emptiness in their lives. This is Joe. He, joined, he was one of the first people to join Horizon Church. This is him on the airplane headed back to the United States of America after serving in the Middle East. Look at that joy. 
his family and friends would fill his heart and his life very soon. They sent these pictures to me from England this week um, as I asked them about the joy that filled their lives as he came home. Look at that joy. And this is the chair of our board coming home to his wife. They hadn't been married for long when he left for deployment. This is the face of joy. Where there was emptiness, there is now something else there. As I looked at these pictures, I couldn't help but think about a world that was so loved by God and who waited for 2,000 years to be able to touch hope and peace and joy. I can't help but think about a God who loved us so much that he sent Jesus to a world that was empty and longing. And I couldn't help but ask myself this week, where are the empty places in my life? Am I longing for Jesus to be in the places where Jesus resides, where Jesus dwells, where Jesus comes? What is the empty places in your life? Have you longed for a relationship with your forever person and it's not coming and it feels empty? Are you, are you looking for how Jesus is present there in that emptiness? Maybe your work life feels desperate and empty. It has no meaning anymore. Have you looked for the way Jesus is there? Because this, this joy that we saw on those people's faces, that's what God longs for you in your life. And in your life, in those empty and desperate and desolate places, Jesus is already coming in those places. Jesus is already there. Are you looking at that Jesus with, the, with that face of longing? Like these folks, are you looking at, at, at the places where Jesus is with the face of joy like these people? We're looking at the things that had filled their lives. What is it? Is your finances empty? Is your life empty because of your finances? Jesus is already there. He's already in your financial life. Look for him with joy and with gladness and with expectation. Is your parenting life, is your married life, does it feel empty, empty of all joy and hope and peace? Jesus is already there. What does it look like to recognize him and to smile at him longingly like we saw in these photos? God saw it 2,000 years ago. This is the story of God 2,000 years ago. He saw us empty and desperate and longing, and he sent Jesus to us. And he's done it time and time and time again. In our emptiness and our desperation, God has showed up. In Luke chapter 1, verse 57 and 58, we meet a woman named Elizabeth. Elizabeth was childless, empty, without for years and years and years. She had longed for a child. And I want you to hear what happens when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby. In the place of emptiness, in the place of nothing, in the place where there was without hope, she gave birth to a son. God gave her a gift in the emptiness. Her neighbors 
and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. God is already in the empty places in your life. And when you start to acknowledge it and share it with the world, they are going to share our joy. What world have y'all been living in this week? Do you not know that there's a world longing for joy? Not this fake, everything's going to be all right, but this deep sense of joy and hope that for some wild reason, God has sent us, Jesus, into the emptiness of our lives. I want us to pay just a quick attention because sometimes I don't think that the English language completely encapsulates what it is that God is talking about in these verses. So, so joy in, in, in Greek is called kara, C-H-A-R-A. It looks kind of like this. I think I have a slide with it on there. Um, hold on, let's see. Uh, nope. That's what joy looks like, yes. <laughs> but Kara, C-H-A-R-A is basically how it is spelled. And that means joy. It means joy. Joy is a derivative of the word charis, which means gift. So you can't have joy because you've worked for it, because you've built it, because you've earned it, because you've stomped all over it. And don't deserve it you can't earn it you can't work for it you can't build it and you can't trample on it joy is a gift and the people who were longing for Jesus understood this they understood that the real joy in their life would be a derivative of the gift of Christ the gift of charis a gift that they didn't deserve a gift that they couldn't make happen on their own. A gift. Joy is a gift. If you have no joy in your life, I want you to stop right now. We don't get many moments in our lives to do this. Stop right where you are right now. And I want you to think about the gifts in your life that you don't deserve, that you've not earned, that you've not worked for, that you've not built yourself. It's just a gift. Whether you've never heard the word Jesus before in your life or this is the 900th time you've ever been in church, I need to promise y'all in the deepest depths of my soul, God has given us a gift. And it is Jesus. And it is the only way that we will ever know true joy. Zachariah, Elizabeth's husband, had also longed for a child, and he had not been able to speak for nine months. For nine months, he had not been able to speak. And on the eighth day after his son was born, they came to circumcise the child. It's this religious sort of ritual experience in, in, in the Jewish tradition. And they were going to name him, they were going to name this boy after his father, Zachariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No. He is to be called John, a promise of a gift of joy, a promise. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has this name. We've never done this before, they said. 
And then they made signs to his father who couldn't speak, Zechariah, to find out what he would like to name the child. Maybe Zechariah wants to name him after himself, even though he can't talk. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was set free. If you feel all bound up and wound up right now, when you let go of all the things you've held so tightly to and you let the promise of God's gift be what you cling to instead, did you hear that? Everything in his life was set free and he began to speak praising God. All the neighbors, everybody around you is going to be filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Don't we want to be talking about joy and grace and gifts we don't deserve in the hills of Tampa, even though we don't really have any? Don't, isn't that what we want to be talking about? Everyone who heard this wondered about it. Instead of uncertainty and fear, they said, what then is this child going to be? It turned from uncertainty and fear to hope and expectation because that's what happens when we quit clinging to what it is. We want to fill up the emptiness. We let go of it and we accept the gift of God's gift to all of us, Jesus, in the place of our emptiness. Because God's hand was with Zechariah and it is with us. And I need y'all to hear the first words that Zechariah spoke after nine months. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied, Praise be to the Lord God of Israel. When God frees you up, I hope the first thing you're doing is saying, Praise be to God because he has come to his people and he has redeemed them. He has made them new. He has promised to save them. He's raised up a horn of salvation. They think everything else is going to save them, but we know who it is. It's going to be Jesus. He is for us in the house of his servant David. And as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, what we've been longing for, salvation from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy promise, his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies. What is eating you alive every day and all night? God is going to rescue us from that and enable us to serve him without fear. Maybe the future doesn't look clear, but we no longer cling to uncertainty. We cling to hope and expectation without fear because in holiness and righteousness, we will fall before him all of our days. These are the first words Zechariah spoken after being silent and bound up for nine months. And then he says this about his child, about the promise that God fulfilled in him through the son of John. He says, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. You're going to speak truth about what it is God is going to do. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare a way for him. What does it look like that those gifts in your life are about preparing the way for other people to know about the goodness of our God. When you start looking at those gifts, what does it mean to use those gifts, those promises, to help other people know about the goodness of God? 
to give people knowledge of salvation, that everything else they're clinging to to fill up their emptiness can only be filled through Jesus, through the forgiveness of their sins, their shame and their pain and their grief and their guilt. It does not bind them anymore because they are forgiven and set free because of the tender mercy of our God. Because of the tender mercy of our God. You are loved tenderly by a God who gives you a gift. that It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. You can't trample on the gift of joy he has for your life. You can't earn it, work hard enough for it, strive for it, or build it. Because the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness. God wants to shine light in the darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the path of peace. God wants to shine light and ignite change in your life. And God wants you to be a prophet of the Most High, preparing the way for the Lord, shining light and igniting change in a world desperate for peace. And the child grew, and he became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared in Israel. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn over to Mark, because I want you to hear about this boy as he grew up. Because if you want this peace in your life, I'm going to tell you three things just really quick this morning. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah... In the beginning, when everything felt like bad news, when every time you turned on the news, there was natural disasters and there was new political issues and there was new rumors of war. When everything was bad news, there was good news through the Messiah, the Son of God. And, and this is what the prophets have promised us for thousands of years, that I'm going to send a messenger ahead of you. If you want joy in your life, can you begin to trust that you are a messenger of joy? That God wants to give it to you so you can share it with the people around you. And that's when it comes even more alive. Who will prepare your way? I will send my messenger ahead of you. Who will prepare your way? A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Things feel chaotic and dark and crazy. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. This is what John's going to do. And this is what we are called to do. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. This boy grew up and he appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Do you hear this? When we are infected with the gift of joy, when it's what's on our lips and in our hands and on our feet, everybody wants to hear about it and be a part of it. Don't be scared, introverts. It's going to be good. It's going to be joyous, okay? The, the whole Judean countryside was interested in this. Confe they confessed their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. There was a promise of new life. I need you all to hear this. John wore clothing made of camel's hair. Nobody wore that. He had a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. So y'all are trying all these different kinds of diets. If you are ready for your food to bring you joy, start eating locusts and wild honey. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I, I'm going to explain what this means in just a second. But this was John's message. After Jesus, after me, comes the one more powerful than, than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I need you all to hear the very first thing. 
before I tell you the three ways to do this. The very first thing John did was say, yes, I'm a gift. Yes, I'm a fulfillment of a promise. Yes, I'm a prophet. Yes, God is doing something new and good in my life. But it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And I need you all to know that all this good stuff that's happening here is not about me. It's about Jesus, John says. If you are ready to have joy, what does it look like that you hold these gifts that you've been given and recognize they are about Jesus? You want happiness and joy in your financial life? Quit. Quit making yourself think that, that you can fix that. You can't. What does it look like to spend your money the way Jesus wants you to? Save your money the way Jesus wants you to? Earn your money the way Jesus wants you to? What does it look like that your finances are about giving glory to God? Because sir, Pretty soon what happens is that emptiness that your financial life has come into is now filled with the gift of Jesus using your financial life for the goodness of his kingdom. If your job feels empty, what does it look like that you pray Colossians 3.23 before you walk in there? God, let everything I do be about bringing honor and glory and praise to you. Jesus is already in your job. And John the Baptist says that's what you're supposed to do. Do the good things God's asked you to do, but always point to Jesus because it frees you up to do what it is God's asked you to do. If you are waiting single right now and all you've ever wanted is a husband or a wife or a significant other, give it to Jesus. Let God use this time in your life of emptiness to help point people to Him. And I know it's hard. I've sat in your seats and I've been told that. And to start with, I was mad. And then I decided, you know what? God wants to give us joy. What does it look like in this emptiness to see the gifts God has given me even in this and to praise God? Because I need joy. I need joy in this space. If your marriage feels like that, what does it look like for you to be just like John the Baptist and say, this is a gift to me. Let me point everything in my life and to people around me to Jesus. What does that look like for you to do that this morning? The first thing you got to do is be weird. John wore weird clothes and he did weird things. In a world that expects you to do normal things, be weird. And I'm being serious. Ignite change. Do something different. Don't get caught up in the hustle and bustle of this season. Slow down. Be weird. Do something different. The second thing that, that John says is repent. Look in the face of the things that are empty in your life. What are you trying to fill all that emptiness with? And turn away from them and turn to Jesus who wants to fill your every longing. And that's not just something that sounds cute from the stage. It is seriously how you are going to find joy. Turn away from the things that are emptying you and let Jesus fill those places in your life. Repent right now. And the third thing is to wait. Wait patiently for the one who is and has always done what he says he's going to do. The one who delivers on his promises and who is faithful. Will you pray with me? God, I pray this morning for every person in this room that feels empty. That you will fill their longing with the only gift that will ever fill it with Jesus. 
whether this is their first time in church or their millionth time in church, God, I pray over them right now that you will fill the emptiness in their lives with Jesus. I pray you'll give us courage to be weird and to go against the grain. I pray, God, that you'll give us the grace and the courage to repent of all of those things we keep sticking in the place where there's emptiness, God. And that we will see the gift that you have given to us in those empty places. And I pray, God, as we all wait for what it is you're going to do in this church, what you're going to do in our lives, what you're going to do in this city, what you're going to do in this country, what you're going to do in this world, God, as we wait expectantly for it, that you will give us joy and the gifts that you've given us to chase after that and accomplish it. We love you and we thank you for loving us. Amen.